Welcome to Agape Ministries Podcasts, a whole new way of thinking. Episode 68, part two of Miriam Swafield's teaching on how young people are coming to faith today. I'll try and get through the other two so then we get some Q&A time as well. So, uh, the, the next kind of theme that came up from uh, these findings of people coming to faith was um, I've called investigation. It could have been curiosity, it could have been um, researching, it could have been questioning. But this whole idea of space to investigate and ask questions to find out more about the faith. So... Um, this is kind of not a surprise. In one way, I was obviously, because it was just a master's, if it was a PhD, I could have gone much broader, but there's no way I want to do that. Because it was a master's, I had to really narrow my research, which is why I took a northern, midland, no, northern, London-based and southern um, context to find this data, and I had to stick to university students because that's my job. So um, university students are taught to question. They're taught to research and they're taught to debate. So it's not really a surprise in some ways, that students had questions, wanted to research and wanted to ask more because they're trained to it. But it's also worth remembering, right from primary school, our kids are being taught to do group discussion, to ask questions, to have a voice and to work out for themselves, not just we're all in straight rows and we memorise facts. That's not how we teach in education anymore. So it's not really a surprise that our young adults, whether they're in university or not, will have questions. Mainly, they're Googling it. Mainly, they are looking on YouTube and online and reading any blog from anywhere with anyone could have written it to find out theories about things, which is why it's important as believers that we create space, healthy space, to have conversations. Otherwise, everything is teaching. They will just get their teaching from somewhere else. But if they're interested in Jesus, much rather somebody that knows him talks with them then they've Googled an answer and that could be anywhere in the world from any context by anyone. And if they're brand new to faith, chances are I've got no grid or filter to discern whether that's from Holy Spirit or not. So in investigation, again, you can see in scripture a whole bunch of examples of uh, people asking questions, asking questions of the Bible and asking questions of believers and beginning a conversation around more of Christ. The two big factors within investigation was that space to ask questions and how they read the Bible. And so this is really encouraging as well. One of the key ways people are coming to faith still to this day is through the Bible, which means we probably need to make sure we have some and we have some on hand to give away. Because um, despite our nervousness, because we often don't know if you're anything like the young adults we're working with now, they feel a bit nervous opening up the scriptures with somebody because they don't really know where to start. They're not really sure they're going to know the answers. And it's quite a difficult book to access, let alone try and share it with a non-Christian. The truth is, none of these students coming to faith felt that all of the Christians had all of the answers. But they felt judgment-free zone that they could go, I don't get it. What does this mean? What's the Holy Spirit? Why do they speak in a language I didn't understand? What's the bread and wine about in church? They felt like they could ask. And then you start to realise, why do we believe what we believe? 
well actually the scriptures give us a really good understanding of some of the things we still do today because it's still in there so suddenly when they're going so what's Jesus like you go well why don't we read about what he was like when he walked the earth gives you a good idea of what God's like oh sure well why don't we just start reading Matthew together and we highlight anything we don't understand or anything you want to question <laughs> suddenly you're actually reading scripture with somebody and so getting, getting our confidence back around the Bible, the Holy Spirit really does use the Bible to save people. Like he really does hit them between the eyes, off the page, with words that they think are for them. And they realise, whoa, this book is more than just a book. Testimony after testimony was coming out about their hunger, like a supernatural hunger to read the Bible. So we need to work out, do we have some spare? Do we have some to give as gifts? The church I used to lead, we had them on the tables every week. We met around tables. And uh, we'd say, if you don't own one, that one's yours. Take it away. Uh, now, like the situation I'm in now, I actually try and buy bespoke a Bible for somebody if, I, if they're at that space of interested in Jesus. And I'll write a special message in for them. So my next door neighbour um, is... Well, I mean, he might be a Christian by now. I don't know. I've not seen him in two days. Literally, I can't believe what Jesus is doing with him. Um, he just moved in next door, very fun. But um, he's from uh, an Islamic background and so he's incredibly interested in Jesus. And so the first thing I did was given the Gospel of Luke because I had it in my house already and then was like ordered offline a journal Bible where you can scribble in the margins because there's notebook space. And I bought him that and said, now you can actually write down your questions to Jesus as you discover him. And I gave him the scriptures literally on Wednesday. So come on, Lord, let's see what happens. So... Um, there's definitely something still where the Holy Spirit is giving young people a hunger for the Bible as they're encountering Jesus going, I need to know more about him. Where do I go? And the truth is they want to go and ask people who know Jesus already and they want to read the Bible and then work out more and more about God because they've got it in their hands to do. Here's some quotes about how they were finding it. Again, there's this whole real emphasis on I didn't feel judged and I felt pressure free I could ask my questions doubt not a problem doubt was uh, I didn't meet a young adult who felt guilty about having loads of doubts they all seemed incredibly free to go there's just so much I don't know about God so it's really helpful to find out loads of Christians don't know everything either and it was like just really healthy to be able to just chat and I'm like oh that's such a healthy form of discipleship from where it used to be oh, I feel awful because I don't actually know what I think about that, but I can't say it out loud because I'll get judged. I was really proud of the local churches that they represented because I thought you've done such a good job at, at almost celebrating doubt as an exploration to find more of Christ together, yeah. which is just lovely. And it's exactly what happened with Thomas because how would we know what resurrected Jesus was like were it not for Thomas to ask his question out loud? Like, praise God. So um, there's some quotes around them, just experiencing patience and grace. They were reading the Gospels in one night. They were getting, two, uh, getting up two hours early every morning to read the Bible. These are new people coming to faith for the first time. They are hungry for God and they're hungry for scripture, which is great because you kind of want that injection of life to all of us not the them already, right? Uh, one of them so funny. She's like, oh, man. So I used to lie all the time. Just didn't think it was a problem. Just lied. Anyway, I was reading the Bible. Turns out lying's not a good thing. <laughs> so I had to stop that. Isn't that amazing? I was just like, sure. You, that didn't even crush your mind that that wasn't smart. And then she read the Bible. And she's like, oh, I should stop. Brilliant. <laughs> so again, let's have a chat with our pairs. Uh, investigation, space to ask questions and uh, getting the hands on the Bible and beginning to wrestle with God in scripture. What do you think about that? What does that look like in your life? And how does that look like in your communities? Go for it.
Okay. I'm just going to move you along so that we've got a time for a couple of questions at the end of the last one. So, the final kind of big theme that came out in these findings of how people are meeting Jesus was, uh, thankfully, uh, our dear friend, the Holy Spirit. However, here's the caveat. Obviously, theologically, we know the Holy Spirit is working in all of these things. So it's not like he's absent from a preach, we hope. Um, or he's absent from friendships. But I specifically needed to put the Holy Spirit in his own category because it was specifically around supernatural experiences of the Holy Spirit and realising that prayer actually does something. The power of prayer was another huge finding in everybody's stories of coming to faith. So, Again, it doesn't take long to spot throughout scripture, particularly in Luke and Acts. Luke wrote both of those books and he really wants to make a point of emphasising the work of the Spirit. We know that um, the Holy Spirit, we need him in all things in order to actually join in with what God is doing in the world. But um, I think where potentially people have got nervous, for example, even at um, gatherings like this, which might be for you guys a more natural place to invite new people than your regular Sunday Mass. I can imagine. This is certainly somewhere I would invite my friends who don't know Jesus and I'd feel okay about it, by the way. Um, Hannah does know Jesus, though. She's already saved. Don't try that. Um, with a, um, with, when it comes to, I don't know whether you're like me, but when it comes to more overtly manifestations of the Spirit, sometimes when you're stood next to your mate who doesn't know Jesus, you're like, you are hyper alert to anything that's going on that might be a nightmare for them. So someone speaks in tongues next to you and you think, oh, nightmare nightmare um, or um, you know I bring him on a Sunday and I'm like Lord let this not be the week they talk about money just <laughs> just don't father and then you see four finance men get up and you think we are we are in trouble here like go 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 so um, what I'd say is we actually need to chill out and remember who God is okay because it turns out it turns out the Holy Spirit doesn't actually put people off uh, they're quite interested. They quite like him. Uh, he's actually incredibly kind as well as powerful, which means that there are testimonies of students coming to faith having heard the gift of tongues for the first time and gone, ah, oh, my goodness, God's real. Um, they've actually been prayed for and prophesied over or uh, they've asked people to pray for a family member who's unwell, which is quite often how people access prayer for the first time is for something else than them. Um, which we start there and then we're able to move in a little bit closer to how are you actually doing. But often they're like, actually, my sister's not well. And actually having people pray for them, maybe out loud even, powerful experience, powerful experience. And um, quite often uh, these students would just cry in church and not know why. And of course we know actually the manifest presence of God, he's incredibly, he melts your heart. He's really, it's quite emotional being around him sometimes when he does what he does and when we worship a lot of them were just bursting into tears and didn't know why feeling joy didn't know why and uh, some of these fruits and gifts of the spirit just merging their way through the community and they start to be like whoa like what is this so we often have we have to remember the holy spirit knows them better than we do and uh, also you're the translators which means if somebody is next to you and they're singing out in tongues and that sounds a bit strange potentially to your friend that's okay just say um they're singing in a language that God gives them, that God understands, and uh, we don't always understand, because it's kind of like a personal relationship between them and God and strengthening them on the inside. Something like that, that just allows them to go, oh, okay, 
Like, even, um, I often say, they've got their hands in the air, yeah, but a bit like people chant in a football match, except they're just sort of giving it all to God, and physically it's quite helpful sometimes to just raise your arms and go, it's all about you. Just do a little bit of translation work, that's okay. But um, across the board in these stories, prayer um, has been incredibly powerful, not just um, prayer for them, but them learning to speak to God and realising that they can. So I just want to challenge you a little bit around, it's a really wonderful evangelism tool to be able to say, can I pray for you? Or, well, when you start, when you're just first starting out and you're practising being brave, it normally starts, I'll pray for that. Oh, I've been brave. I've actually mentioned prayer. <laughs> and then after a while, you realise that's a little bit low bar because, you know, it's a good start, but you've not actually, you, you've dropped it in and run away. So then what I've practised doing is I go, can I pray for that now? Which is scarier, but actually putting the word now in is quite helpful if you're going to practice being brave around evangelism. So, you know, your neighbour says, my mum's just been rushed into hospital. I don't think she's doing okay. I don't really know what to do. I'm so sorry. Can I pray for that for you now? And sometimes they go, yes. Sometimes they go, no. Sometimes they go, you can pray, but I've got to go. Fine. But where possible, I now try and pray now, now, because that allows the Holy Spirit to have the mic for a minute. Um, but also with not yet believers, when I'm first introducing them to the idea that they can know God, I'm actually getting in the habit now of saying, would you like to pray? And they go, oh, yes, please, because even atheists love prayer. Genuine. Um, and then I go, cool, well, why don't you speak to God first and then I'll join you? And then they go, what? <laughs> and this is a wonderful moment to say, oh, yeah, you can pray too. And I would hate for you to hear me pray and then think you can't do it. So we'll come to Q&A after, is that right? And so, like, for example, this is a nightclub. For ex I said to this guy, okay, you pray first about, he, he lost his nan, covered in grief, didn't know what to do and felt very angry at God, and, but wanted help. And I said, well, how about you say what you're thinking first? What, just talk like I talk to you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, God, God can hear this now, but it's more helpful if you talk to him directly. Okay. God, blah, 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 says a little prayer, looks up to me and goes, is that all right? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. And then I said, can I pray for you? Holy Spirit, I just ask that you'd fill him with your presence, that he might know your peace and that you might reveal more of Jesus' love for him now and just give it some space. But actually, I'm learning to put the power back into the hands of the people because the students that come into faith are going, when I started praying, I realised I was talking to somebody, not myself. And they started coming out with these testimonies of, I got emotional and I realised there's actually someone there. And they were doing that at home on their own, not just in group settings. So prayer, incredibly powerful. Another way in which they encounter the Holy Spirit. And we encourage people to pray for things that you'll know if God actually does something. Rather than just a generic blessing, which they can walk away forgetting and it makes no difference. But if they actually have a need, why don't we take that to Jesus together? If there is somebody unwell, why don't we take that to Jesus together? If there's something very specific, like one of them didn't have rent and was going to be kicked out, a very specific answer to prayer of money through the door then happened. But... He only knew it was not to prayer because someone had actually prayed to the date that he needed. That's scary because it's putting all the emphasis on God, not us. But also kind of exciting because actually Jesus has to be real yeah. for some of this to work, right? Here's some of the things they were saying. Um, um, it's remarkably, four of the students were um, about to um, try and take their own lives when they heard God speak. I didn't expect that to come out in their stories, but some of them were literally about to jump off the top of halls of residence and they heard the audible voice of God telling them to stop and to go to church or to talk to the Christian friend they had. Remarkable. And so um, some of them in their suicidal thoughts began to learn to pray because they cried out and then they realised someone was there.
quite quite remarkable some of these stories um is there another slide for that one yeah oh yeah and then some of them did have more overt manifestations shaking crying laughing didn't know what was happening wasn't really sad about it though one of them was remarkable they're like oh my goodness god lifted a pain that had been in my heart for 10 years and i got into this environment this pain got lifted and i was like oh my goodness god's real because i he had had carried it for 10 years remarkable so again um have a chat what do you think about this what do you think about the fact that overt signs of the holy spirit and the power of prayer is helping young people come to faith right now how are you guys doing what do you think about that have a quick discussion so lord jesus i thank you that young people are coming to know you today father i thank you that in our time in our day in our land we are seeing teenagers and young adults coming to know the good news of jesus for the first time and father for each of us sat here we represent people that don't know you our kids our grandkids our friends our neighbors and those in our communities and so father i ask in the name of jesus that there would be breakthrough that you would call home those that have wandered off that you would invite home for the first time those that didn't know they were invited Father, I ask that um, our local churches would wake up to the reality of loving their neighbours, particularly the younger ones that have never heard and never been invited. Father, I ask that each one of us might find the one thing we can do that creates a safe space of community to be that good news invitation. Lord, whether it be a brave cup of tea through to a good meal with some different people, through to just being the best welcomer on the door. Father, I pray that each one of us would know the power of your spirit to be able to see people come to know you. And we do call those kids home who have wandered off. Lord, will you guard them? Will you cover them with your presence? Will you lead them into contact with people that love you and a wonderful invitation to home? And we pray breakthrough and salvation. In Jesus' name. So thank you for taking the time to listen to these episodes. Our prayer is that as you listen and reflect on these teachings, that you'll be encouraged to continue your journey, to maximise your potential, to have a good and a happy life. So sign in again next week for more teaching on how you can follow the Jesus way to experience your life is filled with meaning, purpose and joy. So God bless and stay safe.